offices are not going to let manufacturers come in maybe at the same pace or cadence at the same schedule. They may start to limit how many touch points we have with them, right? And that's okay. But the bottom line, I think, is all about those rules of engagement are changing and we have to meet our customers where they're at, right? And these digital tools are allowing us to do that. So today's conversation is a fascinating conversation with someone that I recently had the opportunity to meet and have a conversation with on, you guessed it, on Clubhouse. I'm excited to welcome Jennifer Ruckel, the Vice President of Sales with 3Form to today's podcast. And I got to tell you guys, Jennifer shares some amazing insights about 3Form, what they're doing, their go-to-market strategies within the office furniture dealer community, her thoughts on digital transformation. And then we wrap up our conversation about mentorship and sponsorship. I'm confident that you're going to get a lot of value out of today's conversation. Thanks for being the best part of our community. And I hope that you enjoy today's episode. The Trend Report is proudly sponsored by Indeal, partners in progress to the commercial interiors industry. To learn more about Indeal, please visit their website at indeal.org. I'm Sid Meadows, and I'm a certified professional coach, and my focus is on high performance and growth and helping my clients move into action. I'm a personal and professional development junkie, an avid podcast listener and reader, and my passion is all things contract interiors. In this podcast, I'm going to provide you with information, education, ideas, and tools to help you in your personal life, your business, and our industry. So let's have some fun and welcome to the Trend Report Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Trend Report Podcast. I'm glad that you're here today for what I know is going to be another great conversation with my guest today. And I'm happy to welcome Jennifer Ruckel with 3Form to the podcast today. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you. Did I say your last name correctly? You did. You okay, did. <laughs> I've heard Ruckel, and, but it's just Ruckel. Ruckel. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I often wonder about that. I meant to ask you that before we started, but there you go. I got it right. <laughs> so, right the first time. So Jennifer, I appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with me, with our listeners today to talk a little bit about what it is who you are, what you do, and a little bit about three forms. So let's start right there. Would you please introduce yourself to our audience and tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Jennifer Ruckel, I head our sales department at Three Forms. So I'm the vice president of sales. I work closely with our architecture and design team, as well as national accounts and dealer partnerships, uh, also international distribution. And so that those four sales channels keep me really busy. Um, but yeah, I've been here at 3Form for 11 years, a uh, traditional path of starting as a sales rep uh, in Denver, Colorado for 3Form, moving into a regional role. And now after I've been in Salt Lake City for four years as the vice president of sales. So those of you that are watching on YouTube, thank you for that. But for those of you who are watching on YouTube, I just disappeared from the screen and that was to close my blind because... <laughs> There was a reflection of sunlight from the car parked across the street, like right dead in my eye. So sorry about that, Jennifer. But so 11 years at 3Form, you started as a direct rep for them. What amazing journey that you've had at 11 years at the same company and making your way up through the ranks. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's really been a great experience. And I think it's been one that uh, not, not only speaks to, 
three form as a company and kind of that internal um, potential. But I think it also speaks to how much I'm enjoying the company as a brand and culture. Yeah, longevity is always a really good indication of a great company, right? Right, for sure. So I am curious. I remember back in the day when I worked at a dealership, this is a long time ago, when Freeform came on the scene. Right. And you guys kind of revolutionized the category that you're in. And I know you've been evolving over the years, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But you know, for people that don't know your brand, and you are a well-known brand in our industry, at least in my opinion, what exactly does 3Form do? What do you make? What do you manufacture? Yeah. So I always say that we just we are a translucent manufacturer because we do uh, fall into that space of resin and glass, but we really like to do what I always call just radical things with form, texture, and light, right? So all of the designers that we work with can really realize the possibilities of our product and you know whatever they want to do, whether they want to heat form it and do uh, an exterior uh, sunshade system outside or whether they just need space division, we're you know we're happy to to do all of it. Um, so I love radical. I think that's <laughs> awesome. Radical things because I mean I love that people are doing radical things. I think right now in our industry is a time for big, bold, radical changes and right. radical movements. Right. And you're kind of leading the way from a product perspective of doing radical things. So it sounds like to me that pretty much if it's within your scope and you get asked to do it, you guys are going to do it. Yeah, we do it. And 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 we have a whole team that's ready to sign up for those radical things <laughs> that aren't in our catalog of products, right? Yeah. And so I think, you know, when you mentioned you met, you remember 3Form, I'm wondering you you remember 3Form as a brand, but we actually came on the scene in contract furnishings even before that. So at the inception of this resin product that could encapsulate organic materials or simply um, textiles or color, that was due to Ray Goodson. So he was our founder and Ray was a chemical engineer and he started playing with this material and then just kind of took it out into the market. You know, what could you do with it? And at the time, the company was called Simtech and they produced a product called Amago and that was for Knoll. Oh, wow. And so Amago was a it is what our varia is today, but uh, Noel uh, encouraged Ray to, you know, hey, sign up, get some big equipment. We're going to bring you some big orders, and uh, it didn't exactly, you know, start to flourish right then in that moment. So we, uh, when you look at the history, he actually brought in his son, Tally Goodson, who was in Singapore at the time, uh, happily working uh, there as a soft in software. And Ray said, you know. I think I'm onto something, but I need you to come help me develop it. And that's when we took the product itself out to architects and designers and just kind of said, what do you think? Like, we think we can manufacture this on a four by eight sheet. We, we believe you could heat form it. We believe it's going to you know, beg to be lit. It's going to be beautiful when lit. And there's you know, a lot that we think can be encapsulated in the material. And so that's kind of where Threeform started. And the company has been around for about 18 years. And I think that's unusual to hear because, as you mentioned, we have a strong brand recognition in the market next to companies who have been around for hundreds of years. As you say, you're a young brand in our industry. 18 years seems like a long time, but in our industry of companies that have been around hundreds, 50, 60, 80, 100 years or more, you are a young brand in our industry. Right, right. 
So the product that I remember was the wheatgrass in between the two pieces that could be used as screens and things. That's the product I remember. Now, I don't know when it was I saw that because I would really date myself if I could remember the year that I saw it. So, (laughs) and I date myself enough on the podcast. I don't need to keep doing it. Right. But that's what I remember. Do you still make that today? Yeah, we still encapsulate a lot of organics. Wheat and grasses, ironically, are still some of our top sellers. They often look different than uh, its pure form uh, in the past. Now, designers like to take that pure resin uh, and with that wheat, maybe uh, make the resin a you know a warm tan color or sure. a, a punch of color, right? And so it, it does look different in the marketplace, but organics textiles, solid colors are our standards. And then oftentimes we're asked to do, again, those radical things. We had a company, PepsiCo, come to us and say, we want to send you just a bunch of um, chip bags, like think standard Frito-Lays and Lays chips, right? Yeah. And And so we've done that. We've done, we've encapsulated coffee beans, things that really speak to a customer's brand, right? And then you can imagine those as features in the space when you walk in or as space division around the workplace. So as you just shared, and most people listening will know, big brands like Pepsi, Coca-Cola, you know, Walmart or Amazon or American Express or whoever it is, right? Federal Express, whatever. They love their brands. And the more things they can put their brands on, the better. And you just offered a customizable way to accentuate Eat furniture, other things yeah. inside of space by incorporating things from the company's brand into it. That's got to be a competitive advantage for you. I don't know that I've seen anybody else doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it started with um, just, you know, a designer looking for something that's maybe original to the agriculture or original to just like the location of their customer. Uh, sometimes from a branding, it's as simple as a uh, digital print of their logo, right? Or yeah. an etching of their logo. But but yes, we have a whole department that really loves to just, like send me something. I want to see <laughs> if it actually can be laminated in a resin. Yeah. Can you do this? So it's like, yeah. what if? Is this possible? Yeah. And then you guys take a look at it. So you guys have actually had a really amazing journey at 3Form. And you know, over the last couple of years, you've actually done quite a bit of expansion. So Tell us a little bit about that journey and how you've been aligning your additional new products into the overall brand. Right. So I mentioned that, um, you know, we started as a resin and glass manufacturer and we also started with dedicated reps in the field, right? We Mm -hmm. refer to them as material consultants and we have about 54 across North America right now. As we got into um, products like marker boards or acoustic solutions, we quickly realized that those were often specified in the FF&E category, not so much in the construction category, which you know a lot of our products for years had been in the construction category. So we quickly realized that we needed to entertain the option of now working with dealer partners. And so in 2018, we brought a gentleman on board who had successfully uh, done this for other companies. And he did a remarkable amount of travel, just getting out there and working with a local materials consultant, doing a bit of interviewing in the market and picking an authorized dealer to partner with, right? 
And this is an authorized office furniture dealer, the traditional dealer that we know. That's correct. That's correct. And, and so what was really exciting about that is a whole new channel. And if I was still a material consultant, I would be so excited about those partnerships in the market, you know, for people to start talking about the three form brand to the customers that we aren't exposed to because they're the dealer's customers. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're really excited. Um, You know, it has been met with the challenge of 2020. Sure. And so, and what so, hasn't been challenged by 2020? <laughs> let's be clear. Right, 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 right. But as the leader for our salespeople, I just keep reminding them that despite all of the new processes uh, for digital sales, this is still a relationship business, right? Mm-hmm. And so while we might not have enough face time with our dealer partners right now to really work with them and develop a trusted partner and become a trusted advisor to them, all of that will come. We have to just stick to the processes and habits that we know and be patient with the process. And we are really excited. Um, I mentioned to you today, we this is we have visitors at the factory today. We have uh, 12 dealers all across North America, and they are as excited as you would imagine to That's be here great. and be traveling. Yeah. So we're recording this in mid-June. This will not yeah. publish until July. <clears throat> we're recording this in mid-June. And so is this your first like big back event where you brought people back to your factory? Yes. Yeah. And the energy is fantastic. Yeah. That's I awesome. It. I mean, yeah. we've missed people in our industry. Right. Right. We and really it, have. You know, we, we, we have uh, onboarded 64 authorized dealers and wow. this group um, has had that delay of coming and mm. visiting the factory and really learning our story, not just our story as a brand, but learning the stories with the products, right? So that they can retell them to their customers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so everyone is just really excited. We had a happy hour last night that lasted much longer than anticipated. (laughs) Well, you're you're not all blurry-eyed. You're you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, as they say in the South, right? So you're good. (laughs) (laughs) So... You've got dealers back at the factory, and you mentioned you onboarded 64 dealers um, over the last, what, year or so, right? Right. So can you talk for a minute about what are the criteria to actually be a dealer for Threeform? Because it sounds like there's a bit of exclusivity that exists with this. Can you share some insights with that? Yeah, I can. But what I would say is it's very different in each market. And I think, you know, we have seen seasoned uh, sales representatives who have successfully sold through dealers for years. And so we have encouraged them that like, we're going to have an interview process. We're going to go through this, even though you come into it thinking like, oh, I'll probably pick XYZ dealer. Let's be open, right? To the process. And we have uh, onboarded small dealers, and large dealers, we have not hitched our wagon to one specific brand. You know, last night we were asking everyone to introduce themselves and there's Technion dealers here, Noel dealers here, Hayworth, you know, they're all here. And so we really just uh, allow our reps to have a little bit of autonomy in that. Ryan will come into the territory, go through the interview process with them. And at the end of the day, we just select who we feel is going to be the best partner in that market. And it might look different than the market we just were at a week ago. So not to be too nosy about this, but is it one dealer per market or do you do multiple dealers per market? It depends on the size of the market. Okay. So in a large city like New York or Dallas or Chicago, you may have multiple, but a small city like Birmingham, Alabama, which is what I call home, you may only have one. Right. Right. And we, and we haven't always onboarded two dealers right away too. Sure. I left it. um, Okay. See how it goes. 
So we have a whole pipeline of projects that have FF&E specifications with marker boards and with acoustics, and then a space division product that, that it's made specifically for the dealers. It's called Divide. And the product that it supports is our flagship Varia product. So it's very exciting for them to have that product that you know as the three-form branded uh, Varia product and have that category available to their customers, right? So we have that whole pipeline. And we immediately upon onboarding that dealer are starting to filter those orders to them. And then over time, of course, they'll be bringing projects to us. Um, And So so I want to ask a question here, just for clarity's sake. You say FF&E, which stands mm-hmm. for Furniture, Fixture, and Equipment. And if you work in the construction space, that actually is Division 12, if you will, in the construction standards. The CSI is what they're called. So you've got a pipeline of business that is specified by interior designers that is typically sold through general contractors. Is that the business you funnel to the dealers, or does that still stay separate? Well, those, I mentioned that we do projects like exterior canopies. Right. We do uh, solutions that integrate into millwork. Those will yep. stay. Those okay. will stay in the sex standard out to bid with a millworker. Millworker sure. will be our preferred supplier. Yeah. And those fall, not to get too technical about the CSI, yeah. but those fall in section 10, if I'm correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. See, I do remember some things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, those are separate. We're treating them separate, but I think it's exciting for our dealers because we talk about that pipeline of business mm. that they're going to be getting, right? Yep. Okay. So you got that business and then you got the FF&E business. Mm-hmm. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys also do OEM work, right? Where you're selling your products to other manufacturers like Knoll and Hayworth and Steelcase. I don't know who they are, but yeah. you are doing an OEM side as well. We do have a, an entire OEM side. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you mentioned a few minutes ago, you've got national accounts and then you're doing international business. Right. Um, you're a busy lady, I think. Yeah. Thank you. OEM is not my responsibility. So oh, okay, good that's, for you. that's one that I can like say, okay, that goes to my friend, Brian. Um, <laughs> okay, great. But yeah, but the national account segment is a large segment for us too. And as you can imagine, we go after, you know, the Marriott's and the McDonald's. Those are our, some of our yeah. national accounts that are really successful. And we have a bunch of new programs that are starting to ramp up this year that are really exciting too. Um, well, I think so- those of us that have been in the industry that have seen your products, we could walk into a McDonald's and we could know exactly what that product was, yes, right? Would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we would recognize it because your brand, again, is so well recognized in our industry. So rapid growth over 18 years, because it has been rapid. You've yes. started out with one type of product and then you've added glass. Now you've added marker boards. Tell me about light art because you had yeah. mentioned that once before. So tell me about light art and what it is. Yeah, I'd love to. So from a uh, from a standpoint of our family of solutions, we have your standard three form, which we talked about, and then we have LIDART. And LIDART is such a great story because Ryan Smith, who is the president and creative director, I believe is his title, um, started out working for Dale Chihuly. And he was in charge of those beautiful sculptural pieces um, that you know as Dale Chihuly, again, recognizable pieces. And he saw a need for something lighter, but still formable, right? Mm-hmm. And so he and his wife just started working with our resin. And as the story goes, they took their product to ICFF and 
the Goodson family saw them there and they were like, wait, I think you're making those light fixtures with three form. <laughs> and so um, that partnership started and Ryan and uh, his wife, Anna, became a part of our team and they're based in Seattle, Washington. And oh, so they awesome. do a lot of light fixtures and they have some really beautiful standard, easy to specify fixtures. And then you can always go to them for those beautiful, gorgeous sculptural pieces. So are those products available through the dealer community as well? They are not. They're sold okay. the standard like agency lighting Got distribution it. path. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you that aren't aware, um, Jennifer just mentioned an acronym I want to bring clarity to um, <laughs> because we've been missing trade shows. And she said ICFF, which stands for the International Contemporary Furniture Fair. Right. And that is held in Chicago, excuse me, New York. Yeah. And it's normally been in the spring, right? Like March or April, or is it May? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I wish they'd just bring it back, right? Yeah, Put true. it in any month. Any yeah. month. <laughs> no. well, cons- I, considering I, I revving Neocon in October, any month is good, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think traditionally it has been in that spring month. Okay. Though. Okay. Mm-hmm. So ICFF stands for International Contemporary Furniture Fair. For those of you that may have missed that little acronym. So I think it's a phenomenal story and I really like it. And I love the fact that we're talking about something unrelated to furniture but yet impacts furniture in a lot of different ways because I think most of the dealer community listening understands how they can incorporate three form products into their, their, into their environment, right? right? Whether it's with screens and you add them to the top of a panel system, or I've seen your product hang as a modesty panel on a desk. And there's so many options with it, not just with furniture, but I mean, I think that's like really great, but you mentioned something a second ago I want to talk about, which is, you talked a little bit about digital and you yeah. mentioned um, relationships and the challenges we faced in 2020 and building relationships with people because we haven't had that face-to-face opportunity. What are you guys doing as it relates to digital and how are you transforming the way you go to market? Yeah. So I hope that when I was saying that, that I, I what I intended to convey that I think the concept of relational sell, relationship selling that's been around for a long time is here to stay. I think it's a testament to how excited people are here right now visiting our factory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that people want relationships. They want to build trust with one another. And I want to become that trusted advisor to them, right? And, and so I think even in the digital age of the advancement of sales tools, it's still, relationship selling is still an important tactic to master, right? But but a couple of years ago, we started you know, acknowledging that um, e-commerce and this frictionless experience was really creating a lot of, you know, uh, changes mm-hmm. in how we as consumers um, are entering various industries. And I would say ours too, right? Not just my experience of buying something off Amazon or Target's website, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just looked at that and looked at it and thought we need to really. Uh, start building a strategy that's both uh, accompanies things that our marketing team is trying to do, as well as sales. And I feel really lucky because I have a great partner here at Three Firm Names, Carly Slocum. She came on board a couple years ago from um, the medical industry, and she really has worked really hard on our digital transformation. Everything from increased web traffic, increased um, media placements. She. The social media outreach is fantastic. And all of that is in the spirit of lead generation, which feeds back to our sales reps, right? Mm -hmm. So 
whether it's leads from these uh, resources, media placements, or whether it's from Material Bank, or whether it's leads just from our own website, someone Mm -hmm. ordering a sample from our website, we are really conscious of what we're doing with those leads. So one of the tools that we invested in, I think you and I talked about this, or maybe I mentioned it when you and I were both on a um, clubhouse. I thought right. it was, maybe. That's how we met. Um, we actually met on Clubhouse. So yet another yeah. podcast guest that's joining me from Clubhouse. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we started looking at, well, what are the tools that are out there that are really sales enablement tools? And which ones really uh, give us a good ROI, right? Mm-hmm. And so we leaned into a program called uh, Showpad. And I think that you and I t- maybe talked about that a little bit, but it's more yeah. than just a content management tool. Um, but Carly and I really liked it because it did take all of those digital assets and put them squarely where our reps need them. We can manage that content really easily. Uh, we can that that ROI that I talked about is that you know we can look at the content that we're sharing with the reps that the reps are sharing to their prospects, and we can see how many times they're sharing the assets. So we know oh that asset is something that the reps really value, right? Mm-hmm. And then the rep can look at um, maybe the email that they sent, and they can see how much time their prospect spent you know, looking at the video or um, reading it over, they can see if they downloaded it, which, you know, is maybe an indication that they shared it with other team members. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a really great resource, not only to just have all those digital assets there, but it really helps us have very targeted content and um, take a look at whether that content is being effective. Sure. Okay. So there are three things I want to break down here because I'm like all excited now because you reminded me of this. So we were in a clubhouse room together and we were talking about the future of sales. Yeah. You came up on stage and I brought up the term sales enablement and we had a nice little dialogue about sales enablement and what does that mean? We'll save that for another deep dive on a podcast because it's an important (laughs) conversation, right? Or come join us on clubhouse. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, we do. But Sales enablement is about putting marketing in front of sales and marketing, giving sales all the resources that they need to do their job. You're doing that by giving them content. You're giving them social media posts, articles, blogs, other things, digital brochures, anything that they need to do their job. You're giving your sellers those tools. And then you enabled them with a technology platform that allows for tracking and analytics right? so that not only can the sales reps see how effective what they've done is, you get to see what the sales reps are gravitating to so that you and your marketing counterpart can create more of that specifically right. for them, right? Exactly. So I'm going to use the example. I'm a seller for three form. You written a blog. I grabbed the blog out of Showpad. I email the blog to my email followers list and post it on my social media. And I can see who opened the email, how long they opened the email, if they clicked on it, and if they downloaded it, right? And then I share it on social media and I can see the social media analytics to go along with it to know that it's effective. And though we may not put a true call to action in everything that we do, there's always an implied call to action. Reading something, somebody might comment on it, somebody might email you back and say, I really like this and those kinds of things. 
in those in that one minute that I just outlined that, you just underscored why every manufacturer, every dealer, anybody in our industry needs to embrace a sales enablement strategy because mm-hmm. you're getting the data for your clients. Yes. You're getting the information to in order to go contact them. And this is how I'm going to wrap this up. And I talk, you've heard me say this before. Traditional sales are dead. Relationship building is king. Well, how do you build relationships? A, you build relationships that are around know, like, and trust. And you build those relationships. One of the ways that you can build those relationships is by producing content and sharing things with your audience and social media and communicating with potential customers. All this is about you seeking to be found rather than seeking to find. Our industry has been so focused on Let's go find a new customer. Let's go find this one. Let's go knock on this door. Let's go call yeah. on this person. Now with this digital transformation that's happened, we have to seek to be found. And that means we have to create content. We have to be visible. We have to be out there so people find us when they start searching for things. Yeah. And, and, and the, again, the best thing I did is find a marketing partner who truly is an expert in what she's supposed to be doing. And then what I have to do is, again, use that sales enablement tool kind of boil it down to like maybe just three call to actions, right? So a rep can really focus on like not get overwhelmed with um, these digital tools, right? And so I have to boil it down and provide clarity around those three call to actions. And then, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm glad we agree that um, some of the traditional sales in terms of like relationships and everything is here to stay. But even I think digital sales has... um, catapulted now in the middle of, you know, the pandemic, mm-hmm. but three form, as long as I've been here has always leaned into these tools. And a lot of it goes back to, again, we sell a material that can do anything. We provide the hardware, we provide lighting. And so when an architect had a concept and I was in the field as a sales rep, I said, let's get on a go-to meeting with my fabrication expert, my lighting expert in Salt Lake city. Let's mm-hmm. look at your drawings And that's where, you know, you really become a trusted partner and you help them execute that specification. Mm -hmm. You partner with a local company that you trust to do the installation. And so I think we did have a little bit of an advantage because that was already part of how we went to business. That's how Mm -hmm. we connected our customers outside of Utah with our experts in Utah. And it was through those tools. And now we use loom and we zoom and we have showpad and and so i kept telling our sales force you know i think as we as we come back into the office we're so looking forward to seeing everyone but these digital selling strategies are here to stay right absolutely and say that again customers- yes <laughs> say that again the yeah. digital strategies are here to stay yeah do anybody listening to this call please start embracing Well, if you think about it, just simply from the return to office, not all of our customers, and let's talk about just the A&D customers, not all of them are going to return to the office. Mm -hmm. And then some of those offices are not going to let manufacturers come in, maybe at the same pace or cadence at the same schedule. They may start to limit how many touch points we have with them, right? And that's okay. But the bottom line, I think, is all about those rules of engagement are changing And we have to meet our customers where they're at, right? And these digital tools are allowing us to do that. And by having a really effective website, which I'm excited about just our future marketing strategies, because there is a lot 
that's coming on how mm-hmm. we are um, em- just embracing that web tool as a way to visualize, create a quote and place an order. And all of that is coming, right? It's, it's going to be really good. But I think we, I think we had a little bit of a running start just that, just because we had a need to use those experts here. So, so if you've been listening for the last 30 to 45 seconds, I want you to hit the back button and I want you to go back and I want you to listen again to what Jen said about working with the A&D, how it's changing, the challenges that are in front of us. Because ironically, um, my column that ran in the business of furniture today was titled, Is the Lunch and Learn Dead? And it goes through the whole reason why I think the lunch and learning is dead and why I think one of our biggest challenges coming out of this is working with specifiers. And let's be clear, you are an A and D driven brand. You right. get specified by them. They are your top most important client. I'm just saying that for you, but I'm going to assume <laughs> they're your, they're an important specifier for you and yeah. getting in front of them is paramount to you. And you just described some of the challenges that our industry is facing. So guys, if you're listening to this, hit that back button about three or four times and go back and listen to what she said again, because it is so important. And I want to continue this conversation. I'd love to actually... We'll sidebar it. We'll talk to you. I want to. I definitely want to get you to come back in Clubhouse and let's talk about this in Clubhouse again. And maybe we can do a LinkedIn Live or something about this. Yeah, as well, we can get this Carly. Is so important. Get Carly, our um, VP of Marketing, on there too, because a lot of what I've really appreciated about her is that partnership and that lead generation that we all need to be, you know, looking at. And how many leads are coming in? And then I'm watching them to see see they're in this, we developed a queue. So they sit in a queue for us to qualify them. I'm looking to see, does a rep then link it to a project in their CRM, right? And does mm-hmm. that project get quoted and does it become an order, right? Mm-hmm. We're tracking it all the way through. And, and you know, you know, Amanda Schneider, yes, right? Very well. There, she was on, I don't remember. I, if it says Amanda Snyder, I just tune in, like whatever. <laughs> I hope you right? do the same thing when it says Sid Meadows, okay? Let's be clear. <laughs> but she was, she was talking to someone and she said, um, nobody, and I'm paraphrasing, but it, yep. the concept was, don't worry about a new product, right? There are plenty of space divisions. There's plenty of task chairs. Think about processes, and when I heard her say that, and I was just like, yes, thank you. Because we are we are focused on radical things that are transforming how we do business. We are focused on radical processes. No, we have radical products, right? Um, yep. So she was on my podcast, oh gosh, last year sometime. She was on my podcast in like 20, early 2020, I believe. She was uh-huh. on my podcast. And we'll find it. We'll drop it in the show notes for you guys listening. And that's one of the things she said, and I'm a quoter almost, our industry will be transformed not by product innovation, but by process innovation. And it could not be more accurate. And that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about, right? We're talking about how we um, continue to think about how we go to market, whether it's now through dealer partnerships or our digital strategies. It's all new. It's all going to take time, Mm -hmm. but we're really enjoying kind of figuring it all out. I love it. And by the way, to the dealer community listening, all of this or anybody listening for that matter, all of what she's talking about generates a lead. And that lead is sent to their local rep that is then sent to an office furniture dealer for a customer that needs to buy something that they saw on Three Forms website. And guess what? If they're buying 
some screens or a light fixture or a marker board or a glass board, they're likely buying something else. So not only are you getting leads and you're attracting them, Jennifer, you're giving leads to the dealer where they can sell other products that you don't have. Right, right. And we've been encouraging our our reps that, you know, as you're being brought in on a project, talk to your dealer partner about that project for the exact same reason you just uh, highlighted, right? So throughout my entire career, whether I was a salesperson at at a manufacturer or a sales leader at a manufacturer, you go sit down with a dealer principal or a VP of sales at a dealer, and you ask them the question, what can I do to support you or how can I help you? Yeah. You know what their answer is? Tell me. I want to know. Bring me more leads. <laughs> good. Good. That's exactly what you're doing. You're bringing <laughs> right. them leads and yeah. you're helping them be found by customers that maybe they weren't already connected to. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And guys, again, listen, I want you to think about who 3Form is and what they're doing and how they've invested in that. This is a perfect example of why everyone should be invested in it. So Jennifer, I really appreciate the conversation. I got one more thing I want to ask you because we are running out of time and I want to be respectful. You've got clients there at the factory. (laughs) But one of the things we talked about in our prep call, which I always have a prep call with my guests to talk about just kind of the flow of the podcast. And one of the things we talked about in the prep call was the importance of mentoring to you and the difference between mentoring and sponsorship and having come up through three form for you know 11 years out of their 18 year history you've had a great career there tell me a little bit about your thoughts about this mentor versus sponsorship and what it yeah. means to you well first i think in our conversation i mentioned to you that i heard this concept for the first time in 2020 and it was under the umbrella of equity right mm-hmm. and and the dei you know it was like the biggest conversation and i i really took it to heart and thought about I have been a mentor. I have been mentored, right? Mm-hmm. But I started to understand that critical difference in sponsorship versus mentorship. And I always mm-hmm. summarize it uh, by saying that I think the difference in sponsorship, a sponsorship relationship versus mentorship is simply the dynamic of the position of influence. And I realized that I am in a position of influence, right? And so mentoring and coaching happens very unintentionally, organically all day long, right? It can be more purposeful. You can have that regular one-on-one mentoring, but just simple mentorship or coaching anyone can do and should do. But a person can only truly be a sponsor if they're able to create an opportunity for the person, you know, that you're mentoring. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of, you kind of look at it as, you're otherwise unable to access this position if you didn't have a sponsor, right? So your sponsor not only has maybe more experience than you uh, in a certain area, but they have the ability to bring you up alongside them. And so when you think about that and you think about diversity and equity and inclusion, I really started to think about, of course, our industry is dominated by men, right? And I was thinking about like, how can I sponsor more women? How can I sponsor more women of color? How can I sponsor any sort of minority group? Um, We're in the middle of Pride Month. And I think about the LGBTQ community too, right? And so how can I um, help sponsor? And I think the impact to our environment is really substantial because the more diversity you have at the table, the better the outcomes are. That is so very powerful, right? I was recently doing some work for somebody and I was trying to define, I was trying to find 
a diverse group of people to be represented on a panel mm-hmm. within our industry. It was really hard. Yeah. It was really hard. And unfortunately, most people look like me. Right. The gray-haired white man. Most people yeah. look like me. Right. And it was so hard to find a group of people that truly represented our world. Right. That whether they were Asian, African American, you know, gay, bi, lesbian, whatever you want to call it, in sexual orientation differences. Right. Um you know, women, women of color. I mean, it just was so hard to give it a, a, a 10 people that were right. within our industry. Right. And it just goes to underscore the need for diversity in our industry in a really big way. But, and that's also another thing we could talk about for a whole nother hour. <laughs> but I would like for you to tell me, be a little specific about sponsorship. Okay. Like, so I, I get meant, obviously I'm a coach, so I understand fully what coaching is. I understand mentoring because I've had several mentors in my life and mentors typically share their experience with you and say, oh, I did this or I did that and answer a question for you that says, well, you should do this or you should do that. Coaches help you discover the path. Mentors kind of tell you about their path and tell you what they would do if they were making the same decision. What is a sponsor? What does a sponsor do for you? So when I think about sponsorship, what I think about, again, it's like, I am in a position of influence. I'm behind the curtain looking at these initiatives that we have coming down the road. Mm -hmm. If I know that we are going to be crafting a new department or a new process and we're going to need someone to lead that, that's where I say, you know, I'd like to recommend this person. And I intentionally make sure that it's someone who has, um, you know, some diversity. And so I think it's more about just looking for opportunities to really say this person is the right person for the job. Okay. And honestly, when I, when I was looking at mentoring and sponsorship, I thought to myself, I have definitely had someone sponsor me. I Mm. just didn't think about that. Right. I didn't think about what that looked like. Um, And again, can you share, can you share who sponsored you or do you want to share who sponsored you? you know, I mentioned it to him. His name's Dave Edwards. I used to work for him at three farm and he's such a humble man. He said, I said, thank you so much for shining a light on me. Um, and, and asking, uh, the executive team to consider me for your replacement when you moved on and I became the VP of sales and he was humble. He said, that's not how it happened at all. Everyone, you know, thought of you, but I know that he yeah. probably had something to say about it. And so I think that successful sponsorship looks like an experienced person that has that influence, that has that ability to make room for you at the table. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I really appreciate that. And I think back <clears throat> to how that's impacted me in my life. Yeah. And I never, until you mentioned it, I never really thought about it as sponsorship, Yeah. but um, he was a mentor to me for a really long time, but he was also my sponsor. And, and I didn't realize it until I heard you talk about it. His name was Bob Kimball and he was the vice president of global accounts at Hayworth. When I worked at Hayworth, he has since passed. Yeah. Um, and you know, the impact that he had on my career is unbelievable. The things that he taught me, but he did exactly the same thing. He shined a light on me when yeah. questions come up at the table as to who should fill these yeah. seats. Yeah, he and, was probably actively speaking yes. about you when you weren't there. Yes, and that's correct. Sponsorship. That's correct. It's a Love it's it. embarrassingly simple concept, on, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. But I think when you are in a position of influence, mentoring might not be enough, mm-hmm. right? That sponsorship yep. is the most important thing to think about. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. I appreciate the insight on that, the education from my perspective. 
And I would say to everybody listening, if there's somebody in and around your world that you can sponsor to help rise up, yeah, please do. Because our industry needs new young people and we need people of diversity coming into our industry to help our industry thrive even more. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about you sharing it. But more importantly, I'm excited about seeing you and meeting you in person in October. That'll when be great. When happens because it's going to be really fun. Have you registered yet? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I registered the other day too. So I'm excited about it. You know, I just got, we, I don't want to wrap up with this, but I just got back from the spring breakout trip that I was on. Um, again, we're recording this in June, but it was so much fun connecting with people. It was so much fun to actually see people and yeah. to talk to people and to shake hands and hug people because we've yeah. missed that so much. And you're experiencing right. that this week at your factory with your yeah. 12 dealers. Well, over there. And our industry is the best for that. I would put this industry up against any other. I always tell um, some of the younger people that work for me, like, I'm never going to surprise you and resign and go to work for, you know, name anything else. Mm -hmm. It's always going to be in this space. Uh, These are my people. And I look Mm -hmm. forward to just gathering again so I can see everyone. Absolutely. It's coming. It's coming soon. Coming. Jennifer, it was awesome having you today. If our audience would like to reach out to you and connect with you, what is the best way for them to reach you? You know, I, I'd love to receive an email. It's just my first and last name at 3-form.com, right? Okay. I also feel free to reach me by phone. When you, if you look me up on uh, our 3-form see my phone number, call me. I, I would love to talk. Okay, that's awesome. So we will link your email address, the 3-form website down in the show notes, yep. as well as a link to um, Showpad. And then we'll also link your LinkedIn profile there so people can find you there. And we will link to uh, three form social media platforms as well. They'll all be down in the show notes, guys. So you can click on that and go check it out. Again, Jennifer, thank you very much for being here. I super appreciate you. And guys, uh, we'll see you next week with another great conversation. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Trend Report Podcast. I'm glad that you're here. And I hope that you got some amazing value out of today's conversation. For more about our podcast and this episode and our other episodes, please visit my website at sidmeadows.com. We look forward to seeing you next week and go out there and make today great.